Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Bontoon, and on this podcast, we will be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the perspective of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious, open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, healers, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Welcome to Third Eye Science. Before we jump into the episode, I want to mention a couple of my upcoming offerings. We just had last week, we had the Third Eye Science Collective session on just after the new moon in Pisces. And I wanted to mention how beautiful it was and that the next one is on March 31st. So this is how I have 13 sessions this this year is because there's two in March. So this one coming up on the 31st, it's also a Thursday and it it's for it's around the new moon in Aries, which is an incredible time for manifesting, for kind of taking the reins and taking action, moving forward in new and exciting ways. So if you are interested, please join us. It is $13 for one session, and I'll also come up with a package so that you could sign up for the rest of the year if you want to. I also want to mention the class series, the weekly class series that I'm offering this right now. It's a six week series. It just started last week. So even if you missed last week, you can still join because I'm teaching it on Soul Tribe Online, which is where I have, there is an archive, a class archive. So you can always go back and participate in in last week's class, the first one in the series. This is, the theme is Foundation of Light. And the class is Mondays, the live class is Mondays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. But as I mentioned, it's, you can always watch it on on the replay. I try to get the class up there later that evening. And the theme, as I mentioned, it's Foundations of Light each week for these six weeks, starting February 28th through April 4th, we'll be working with creating a strong container to hold more high-frequency light in your energetic field. This series builds each week with foundational meditation practices that will help you regulate your nervous system balance your emotional and physical bodies, and elevate your prana, aka your energy. As we continue to navigate the chaos in the world right now, it's more more important than ever to create a stable, anchored, energetic platform so you can be the calm in the storm for yourself and for the people around you. So this is a, the other thing about this class is that it's a 45 minute class and it's really rare to find a 45 minute yoga and meditation class, but I am all about efficiency and just having techniques that really work quickly. So we work with movement, breath and meditation, and then we always create time at the end for you to 
rest in Shavasana and receive energy work. This really helps you connect with your higher self and the cosmic flow of wisdom available to all of us. So if you would like to join right now, it's still only $29 a month to join Soul Tribe. So if you want to join us, scroll down. The link is in the show notes, or you can find all of my offerings at thirdeyescience.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Third Eye Science. This week, it's been a doozy. I feel like I say that every week though. <laughs> um, the new moon in Pisces, pretty intense. I am a Pisces, as I've mentioned. Um, so I have, so all of the, um, what goes on during Pisces season is heightened for me, which now I, I have had times where it is really, really hard because I didn't have um, a handle on how, like I didn't have proper boundaries and I was absorbing other people's energy. And that's not the case anymore. Um, I have these really clear energetic boundaries. Um, and I can also feel the um, emotions and the energies and the intensities of the world if I allow it. And sometimes I do to actually help release it a little bit. And, um, you know, doing my part to help the collective, essentially. And so maybe you can relate to that. Or maybe you can relate to just feeling really overwhelmed and emotional and sensitive. That is, you're in alignment with, <laughs> with the planets right now. And today I want to talk about the power of intention, of prayer, of believing in miracles, believing that we can shift what's happening on the planet and really just this overall feeling of hope that I want to help ignite in you if you're feeling like you're losing it. It's It's been a long couple of years, right? We have all been through this collective trauma, essentially, that is a p worldwide pandemic. We, and it's, you know, <laughs> it's still not over. It seems like things are getting better, but it's, it's still looming there. And I think there there's that then we have this war, a full out war, uh, Russia invading the Ukraine. And it's, I was thinking about this morning that it's interesting how this has really, it's so present in the global Um, energetic field because, because it's Russia, I think, because, you know, there are wars, there are conflicts happening all around the planet, all, and they have been for a long time. And we, for whatever reason, the Western, not, not whatever reason, for many specific reasons, the Western media does not cover conflicts so much in, say, Africa or the conflicts in the Middle East that have been going on for thousands of years are, of course, they only cover them to the extent to which it's relevant to our perspective. But with this, it's so interesting to watch how the outrage has just become really global and, and interesting in a very good way that it's, um, and I think it's because, you know, it's this huge powerful country. And it's essentially what 
I would consider a dictator is, is waging a war. And that doesn't, you know, just because Russia is invading the Ukraine does not mean that all Russian people agree with this, with what's happening. And, and then I would, I would venture to guess that it's, it's actually not the majority of Russians that believe that they should be doing this. And it's really scary because this, it could, it could have long, wide reaching impacts on the entire global structure, politics, economy. all of it. It's, it's really, I mean, I, I don't want to simplify it in, in such a way, but let's just say it's a really big deal. And so there's this, I felt this greater call for, for at least in the in the communities that I'm connected with, lots of people really mobilizing and not only mobilizing to help people there in the Ukraine, but also mobilizing to uh, collectively, energetically send energy, you know, essentially. So uh, Guru Singh, who is, you know, what was one of my teachers and teacher training for the record his I don't consider him my guru by any means. His name is Guru Singh. <laughs> um, I consider myself my own guru and I hope that you all consider yourselves your own guru. I, but that's a whole nother thing. I think I have a whole episode on that, <laughs> on you are your own guru but just want to say, oh, so yeah, Guru Singh had a, an event uh, where we, he tried to get together as many people as possible up, up to a thousand people to come together all at the same time and chant for 31 minutes together. And it was this beautiful, it was, it was really beautiful. And the chant was really about peace and that we, it's about manifesting. Essentially, it's about like, what will be, will be, what is, what will be already is. And we can create peace on this planet. I know it is so easy to just look at all of the evidence <laughs> to the contrary and say, how on earth are we ever going to change this reality that that the human race has essentially been stuck in for so long? And I'm just here to say, to like infuse a little hope and mir miraculous energy into all of our psyches because I truly believe that we can shift the planet and we don't need the majority of people in order to do that. All we need is a certain number to gain the momentum and then we hit, we reach a tipping point and the momentum carries itself and creates even more energy. And this has happened throughout our history. Just here in the United States, it's happened. Like when you think about less than 100 years ago, women could not vote. Less than 100 years ago, black people and white people were not allowed to do the same thing. Like there were laws segregating them by race. 
less than 100 years ago, we had never had, I mean, just so many examples. Less than 10 years ago, we hadn't had a woman. Well, we've had women run for office, but we hadn't had a woman as in one of the highest offices in our country. Now we have a woman as the vice president. These are all like things that I think now it's really easy to take for granted. We had a president, an African-American president, and that just happened (laughs) for the first time, right? And so for many, many, many more years, it seemed impossible. You think about the suffrage movement, the civil rights movement, all of these movements that have shifted our culture, our society, it seemed impossible. Think about um, South Africa and what that they went through in terms of just having to hold out hope while Nelson Mandela was in prison and to actually see apartheid abolished like that not very long ago seems like an impossibility. And so we have to hold these impossible, seemingly impossible ideas like world peace, like actually reversing climate change, like unity, human being unity, equal rights for all, these things that seem right now so far-fetched. I ask you to join me in holding that in your heart as a possibility, not only a possibility, but an eventuality. It, what will be already is. So we have to feel it as if it is. We have to act as if it is. As if we can see it in the future. I can see it in the future. And sometimes we just have to act like we can see it. I mean, this is one of the reasons why Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, I have a dream, was so impactful and so famous. Not only was it incredibly written and like, it really was a transmission of energy, but it's about him seeing a future that other people couldn't see. And he had that He held that vision with conviction. And so I want to ask all of us to hold this vision of world peace, of harmony, of global of, you know, of stopping this destruction of our planet, essentially holding our mother earth in the highest esteem we can. And this, when you hold that truly, even if you kind of just, maybe you're not fully on board. (laughs) I get it. I hear you. Um, but even if you just have an inkling of it, like, well, maybe it is a possibility, 
maybe you can start to create, it's like this little spark. So see it as a spark of light in your heart and allow it to grow. Allow it, even just open yourself to the possibility that this spark of hope can grow. That is the power of intention. That is essentially also a prayer. I, I mean, prayer, this is not about religion at all. This is about spirituality. Prayer and meditation go together. Prayer is you talking to a power greater than yourself. And that doesn't have to be some all-knowing being. That can be just the, not just, it can be the collective energy. It can be the earth. It can be the sun. It can be anything. There are a bajillion things in the cosmos that are a power greater than just you. So, you know, just letting go of this, any, any kind of um, resistance to the idea of quote unquote God source. I like to call it source. I also really like to think of my higher self as, you know, even a closer connection to source. So you could even be just thinking about it as I'm praying to my higher self, this part of me that is connected directly to source, directly to whatever you believe in, in spirituality. And so when you send those prayers out, that's energy that you're sending out. So being really clear about what is it are you praying for? It can be an it can be a feeling. You don't even have to verbalize it if you don't if you can't make, you know, if it it's too hard to actually make a coherent prayer. It can be a feeling, it can be a visualization. It can be a sensation. It can be the feeling of love that you're sending. And it is, I have felt it so many times when I come together with others. So I had my collective session, um, the Third Eye Science Collective session last week. And it was just after the new moon in Pisces. And I honestly, I, you know, I had probably one of the most busy weeks of work yet in my career. (laughs) And I think I've probably even said that before. And this is even, it's just like, keeps getting busier. And, and I was able to, I was still able to like, okay, I'm not thinking about work. And now I'm going to hold space for me and these other people to come together and be in a collective energetic container and be open to whatever energy, benevolent energy comes in. I really open the field to whatever is going to come that as, and we, you know, have it in this, we have clear energetic boundaries that don't allow any low vibration or negative energies in. And it was so interesting how like with within an hour of the session starting, I was like, what's going on with the whales? (laughs) Like literally the whale energy was coming and coming in and it was like, oh, okay, the whales are coming to our session tonight. And I know that sounds really strange, you know, like airy fairy, woo woo, crazy stuff, but it's like, all you have to do is believe in the energy of it. And it was also this very strong energy of Lemuria, which Lemuria is what 
you'll if you like Google Lemuria, you might find a Wikipedia page that calls it like a mythical place, but it was a place that existed tens of thousands of years ago here on earth. And it actually was in the area of uh, Hawaii, what, what is now Hawaii. And it was an incredibly harmonious, peaceful time here on earth. And it was like this energy. So then in the session, the energy was the whales were also very associated with Lumeria and and this, these two things were coming up as like, this could exist again. I think earlier that day, I had pulled a card, um, I think from the Work Your Light Oracle deck that I really love. Um, I just love the artwork so much. And one of them was, yeah, it was, it was, I think the, it was a card that talks about heaven on earth. I'm going to have to look to see what exactly it was. <laughs> if you watch my Instagram stories, you know that I have many different, many different decks that I love and pull cards from all the time. But I also had been getting this one that um, is about the unfolding rose cracking open. And it's like this beautiful artwork of a woman on a, a rose, like a giant laying in a bed of rose. Yeah, so the Lemuria card is creating heaven on earth. It's happening. It's happening. And it it's like, and I know I've said this before, we are essentially right now witnessing the crumbling, the last gasps of the old patriarchal, society that is on its way out. And this is not to say, you know, I've talked, I've, I'm also have international women's day is this week. So when this podcast comes out, it will be, it will have been yesterday and I'm doing this whole campaign for work around it. And so I have that on my mind as well. And this is not, I want to be clear about what kind of feminist I am. And it's, it's, I believe in equality. And I believe that the divine feminine and the divine masculine are equally important. And we all have both within us and we need to cultivate both and optimally bring them into harmony so in our culture and society, I believe that this isn't about like down with the male and with, with men. It's about cultivating that divine feminine within men, allowing men to be more quote unquote feminine. There's just all these ridiculous ideas about what how men are supposed to act, how women are supposed to act. And we are breaking those down. I also believe this is why so many young people are so fluid in when it comes to gender. It's just not even relevant to them because they're actually more balanced. And I think that's going to become more and more common. Not identifying with one or the other, or even just wanting to be labeled as anything. I, I find it just so enlightened. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to say that I'm not, I'm not like 
a man hater by any means. <laughs> I I believe that in fact, I have so much male energy in my life and by that I mean like people. I have a lot of women in my life and I also have a lot of men who are really who have had the biggest impact on me in many ways. And I think that's, you know, that's my path. It's one of the themes that comes up over and over in my life. And I think that there are ways in which we can balance, we can help each other. We can balance each other out with the group with the male and female energy, and then within ourselves, we can have this male and female energy. And the way we think about it in yoga, or maybe not even this isn't necessarily a yogic principle, but more of an energy worker principle, which is that male energy is more active, more electric, um, whereas female Feminine energy is, so it's not female, it's feminine energy and masculine energy. So yeah, just to be clear, I'm talking about the masculine and feminine, which we all have both of. And the masculine is electric, it's active. It's not, I mean, I think of it as strong, but the feminine energy is also very strong the the feminine energy in terms of energy is felt is considered receptive and magnetic so and then like on our the sides of our body the left side of our body is the magnetic side the right side of our body is the active electric side So we're constantly pulling in energy and sending out energy, receiving energy and giving energy. And these are things you can work to balance through movement, breath, meditation. You can also identify where you have excesses and perhaps some deficiencies and then intentionally cultivate what's lacking and um, help to release some where you have the excess. These are all things that you can dive into for yourself. And so I, and I believe back to the theme of what I'm saying is like, so if we can harmonize that within ourselves, it will then spread. We essentially entrain the energy around us. I think I talked about this on the last episode that it's entrainment is like pendulum swinging. When you have a whole bunch of pendulums swinging in a room, they eventually sync up. So if you have a bunch of people in a room, they given enough time, they will sync up energetically. There's so many examples of this. And so you have to be really intentional <laughs> intentional about who you spend the most amount of time with. It's also really worth saying that you can, it's not about shifting other people. You're not changing other people. You're just being a, you're being who you are. And then you magnetize people to you because of that, right? And then they start to become more of who they are. They don't necessarily become you. It's that the energy that starts to entrain is that harmony, that balance. Everyone's going to have a different um, 
not perspective, but maybe a different way of expressing that harmony. And because we're all individuals, everyone's different. So this isn't to say that you're around when you're around a bunch of people, you start to like look and act the same way. It's more that you can, when you can hold yourself, if you have calm, serene, harmonious energy, then that can impact the people around you by helping them to become more calm, serene, and harmonious. And then it allows them to let go of all. Essentially what we're doing is when this happens is we can let down all of the walls that we've built up with the the masks we wear. Oh, I have to be this in front of these people. Oh, I have to do that. And, and I have to protect myself. We all, as I mentioned, we've all just gone through this collective trauma. We're continuing to go through it. There is no one on the planet who has not been through some sort of trauma in their lives. And we have to give people the chance to clear that. All of these people, I mean, I just truly feel real, genuine, um, compassion, I'm not going to say empathy, but compassion for Vladimir Putin, who it's like, what happened to him in his life that has made him do this? Same with Donald Trump. What has happened in his life that has created this completely narcissistic, power-hungry, for both of them, power-hungry, manipulative, essentially bulldogs. No offense to bulldogs. (laughs) I love bulldogs. But um, aggressors, you know? It's just, there's real trauma there and they may not, uh, well, I can guarantee they don't see it that way. They may not even be aware of, of some of the things that are factoring into it. They are more than likely not aware. It has to do with epigenetics, family stuff, like ancestral lines, all of these things, uh, you know, contribute to the things that people do. Hurt people hurt people. That's, that's just the truth. And this is not all to say that we should <laughs> feel sorry for, for these people that are traumatizing more and more people. However, I'm just saying that like we can, if we can get to a place of forgiveness, I mean, it's such a, it's still in our country, the the polarities are so far swung that it's, it is really hard to see how they can come together, but they can. We can, if, you know, someone like me, who is probably would be considered a very liberal leaning. I mean, I have, you know, I have this, I don't even want to put a bunch of identifiers on it. I just, let's just say that I, I value taking care of the collective more than this, the whole capitalist idea that like, 
this quote unquote Republican idea of trickle down economics that when the rich get richer, it helps everybody. We've proven over the last 40 years that that's not true. The rich just get richer. The poor don't get richer. (laughs) It's just, that is just, you know, look at the history. Look at our current makeup of the country. The rich get richer and then they keep getting richer. And I believe that we all can transcend this structure that has been created that's complete bullshit. Everything is breaking down. Everything can be destroyed and recreated. And it's time. It's happening. That's why it's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Change is hard. Transmutation, transformation is uncomfortable. So are you guys with me? (laughs) So what what do we do, right? What, What do we do in these moments of like, okay, we're in this. We're in this transformation. Number one thing. Take care of business inside yourself, within you, number one. You can't change the world until you are clear about who you are, your being, your true self, you're connected to your higher self, and it needs to happen daily. This is not just like, okay, I'm going to meditate for a couple of hours once and then then snap, it's all done. That's not how it works. It's a daily process because of course, every day we go out and we get, we build up more stuff (laughs) in terms of like taking on energy we don't need, doing things we don't want to do, you know, acting in ways we don't want to act, repressing things we don't want to feel. But if you can do the really solid work, do, do all of that groundwork to clear your past traumas, your fears, really get intimate with them, then on a daily basis, you can deal with those things that build up each day. That's why burnout is so, it's so important to prevent burnout because once you've gotten to a place of burnout, it's like, you're not clearing things every day. (laughs) That's, that means you, you've gotten to a place where it's so, there's so much muck, you're buried under so much muck that you have to, you have to spend some real significant time getting out of it. And often with burnout, you have to first rest before you're even capable of getting out of it. And so we want to prevent burnout. And and I say this as much to myself as I do to all of you because as I mentioned, like I my my job is really super busy and the biggest challenge in my life, I would say right now is maintaining a healthy work-life balance and having this, because I have my work and my work. I have my work that like pays the bills. It's also, it's fulfilling, but it's also very stressful. I have this work. I have, you know, this, essentially this platform container that I'm calling third eye science that, you know, where I teach, I mentor, I do energy work. I do this podcast. Oh, Lux has something to say. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear her. Um, so yeah, for me, maintaining, really preventing burnout is, is a real thing for me like that. I have to, I have to 
expend energy. (laughs) I have to do the self-care. And for me, meditation is self-care. I hope it is for you too. It's not just like a chore. It is my number one most important thing. I was actually thinking about this the other day. It's like, well, actually, is sleep my number one thing? (laughs) Because I think it, I think it is to some extent. But there have been times where I sacrifice sleep to do specific meditation practices. So I guess I, I, I trade them back and forth sometimes. But right now I'm in a phase where I just need, I need more sleep than I did, say, in the decade prior. And I don't think it has anything to do with age. I think it has to do, because I think most people, as they get older, they sleep less, right? (laughs) Don't they? They get up super early in the morning. I mean, I get up early in the morning, but it's not like I'm jumping out of bed, like I can't sleep. I'm getting up early so I can meditate, not not because I wake up automatically. Um, anyway, I I think every person is different, but I, I would just examine, make sure, sure you are getting enough sleep and that you're not, um, you're not tricking yourself into believing, oh, I can get away with this, you know, six hours, five hours, seven hours whatever it is. Maybe you need more sleep. So for me, that's, those are really, and then whatever, you know, the other things that could be self-care are things like the things that you love to do. Being out in nature is one for me as well. Being creative is one. I also had an experience this week that just reminded me of like, I, I had I got into that flow state with work and it was so stunning when I realized it because I, like I literally was late for a meeting. I lost time, you know, like I was just so absorbed in what I was doing and I realized, oh, I hadn't, what I was doing in that moment that allowed me to get into that state of flow is something that I don't get to do all that much of anymore because of the shift in my job. And it's, you know, and it made me realize like, oh, I haven't been in that state of flow in a really long time. So trying to make space for acknowledging when that is, when you get in those states of flow and making space for that in your life, in your job, in your in, in every aspect of your life. And then this all creates space for us to hold, to allow that spark of hope, that intention of light, of love, sending it out into the world. It allows that spark to grow bigger within you so that you can send even more out to the world. I truly believe that we can change this planet. And it can happen within our lifetimes. But we have to, enough of us have to believe that. So join me in dedicating yourself to shifting this planet, please. (laughs) I'm inviting you. It takes, it, it will involve time and energy. And it is literally why you came here in this incarnation at this time. You came here to help shift the planet. So I encourage you to do your part and only you know what that part is. And I encourage you all Many of you have children, and I encourage you to really notice what is it, what is that kid's thing that they're bringing to our collective humanity 
It's something very special and really helping them cultivate that because that's something that many of us did not get from our parents, not because they were trying to suppress us, but because that's what their parents did. They put these expectations on us and didn't necessarily encourage us to be ourselves because they wanted us to succeed in some way that was meaningful to them and their, you know, in the way that they were raised. So now we have this opportunity to allow our children to be themselves. They are much closer to their higher self than we are because they don't have all the conditioning that we have just by the pure number of years. (laughs) So just anytime you watch your kids play and you see them just in it, just in the flow, take a moment to just observe it and acknowledge and allow that energy to entrain you and your energy into that flow, that state of being who you are. Children are the most powerful energetic beings on the planet. So pay attention. We often ignore them. Let's let the young people guide us even more. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your feedback. I just love hearing from people who I know, people who I have you know, never met. It's just such an honor to hold this space with all of you. Thank you for being in it with me, for receiving this message, for receiving this transmission. This it's, it truly is an energetic transmission of love and light. And thank you for receiving it as such. Love you all so much. Satnam. Namaste. Namaste.